thanking God for all the greatness that he's doing through the both of us, through Life Nation. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your uh, abundance. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for preserving us all throughout the year 2022. So much has occurred in 22. Many people didn't make it through. Lord God, there's people who have been major challenges even in the first eight days of this year. So we thank God that you have kept us and preserved us and will continue to keep us as we move forward in the things that you have called and ordained for us to do in this time and this hour. So Father, we pray that this message that we have today will be of utmost strength and revitalization and encouragement to the hearers today, oh Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are giving us power and more power and more abundant life through the words that you speak through Life Nation, things that you speak to our hearts, oh God. So we thank you, God. We thank you, God, for all the greatness that you're doing, how you want to keep us and how you would prosper us throughout this year in the name of Jesus. Everyone who is listening to this broadcast, those who would be coming in other times, those who would come to the replay, those who would share and who would start sh listening as this is shared. Lord God, we ask that people will come in and hear, be ready to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you all for coming. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Prophet Shante, she really closed us out well last year. She really did a wonderful job last year with us. So we just here now today trying to pick up on the first of the year. But our message, the great message to have for today is called Liberation from the Shackles of Inferiority and Minority Status. So it is very powerful. It's something that God has spoken to me over many years many, many years. But however, what I do want to say is that the Lord specifically gave me a dream that really gave it, it just said, Lord, I have to release this. So um, many of you may know, I was actually hospitalized for a short duration in December, uh, was discharged on December 8th. And that first night of rest after my hospital stay, the Lord gave me a extensive dream. It was very, oh my God, it was so amazing. Many of you know that dreams and visions that are vetted by the Spirit are part of our ministry, and we want to share those because that's a part of the work of the apostles and the prophets. Okay, so anyway, let me share this dream with you, okay, uh, that God gave me. So again, the title is Liberation from the Shackles of Inferiority and Minority Status. Okay, this is a big deal. Okay, we, we're going to get into it today. All right. So the dream started where there was, I was in a luxurious, I owned, I actually had ownership of a modern, luxurious, multi-story residence. I mean, really like what you would see in, you know, Beverly Hills or something like that. Um, it was very expansive. It was very significant. Okay. In scale and size. I remember um, in various studies I've dealt with, there's some houses that have been sold for, I think it was $40 million uh, in the Beverly Hills area, in that part of California, some of the richest real estate in the nation. The house that I was in was 
in something of that scale, okay? And I had ownership of it. It wasn't just that I was there. I had ownership of it. The backyard of this home was extremely large. It was huge, very large, okay? And what happened was um, in the backyard, there was a hardscape. Hardscape meaning there were terraces and patios and that were multi-level and, and stepped down and things like that. It was multi-level. There was a multi-level pool. So the pool was like, as you will see in some of these uh, resort hotel environments, they had different levels of pool and they would kind of waterfall into other levels and things like that. So that pool, it spanned the entire width of the backyard. Okay. Literally the house was like the width of the entire property. And then this backyard and the pool was the width of the entire property as well. So very huge uh, architectural and, uh, you know, work there. So anyway, on the back of the house, there was a kitchen and the family room. And those two spaces, the kitchen and the family room, they had floor to ceiling glass. It was just breathtaking. Okay. Um, very tall. I mean, the, the house was pretty much multi-story. I mean, it was a multi-story house and and those glass was like, you know, the first story was very tall. So we had a lot of glass. So you could really see out into the pool area, to the backyard, the landscaping and the terraces and all that wonderful views. Okay. Now, the glass that spanned on the back of the house was operable. So what that means is that you're able to take the glass and open it up all the way so that the house could literally, you know, just open up to the entire exterior. So that was a beautiful thing, all right? Um, the furniture inside the facility was, it was very modern. It was quite spacious, okay? Very spacious, very spacious and modern. Like, you know, you didn't feel constricted in any one of the furniture that you would, you know, rest upon, all right? Now, in this dream, one of my a black American design colleagues visited me. They were visiting from another part of the country and they were just amazed at this facility. Okay. All right. Now the experience of having and owning this facility was very significant because um, most times as you know, design people, you know, I'm an architectural field. We don't necessarily own these large facilities. We actually work on them and produce them for others. So, when the design colleague came over, they were just amazed at how that I had ownership of this and how splendid it was designed. Okay. So that was one thing. Um, then all of a sudden in the dream, there was many other um, black American guests, many, many others that came over uh, just out of, I mean, they came from all parts of the world actually. Okay. Now in the, um, with all these guests that were there, there was just one person that was not black American or, or, or black or American, black American rather. Uh, they were of another ethnicity, okay? So that was very interesting to see just one individual from another ethnicity, okay? The thing that really was so incredible about this dream is that my father, many of you know my father, uh, he went on to glory in July of 2020, but he came into this dream. He was younger. He was very healthy. 
and he was dressed in white. Literally, like in Revelations, how it says they were dressed in white. Okay, that's how he was appearing into this dream and coming in and coming to see me. So he um, came in, and so I had to excuse myself from the guest, talk to my father, all right? And this is really what blew my mind in this whole dream, this portion here. What really blew my mind was that he said to make sure, make sure that the wealth and the luxury of this facility and this place is enjoyed and utilized by black humans. He said, make sure, just make sure that black humans are not excluded from this experience. I could not believe it. I'm like, that's very unique. Okay. So I'll get into it further. I was startled that he said that. I was kind of, but I was receptive. I understood what he would, I understood what he meant. All right. So, you know, I responded to his statement in there. I responded, you know, very cordially. It was my father. And generally, we know when you have a dream and someone who is righteously familiar that comes in a dream, and that's God speaking to you to you in ways that, in the voice and the individual makeup that you can understand and absorb. So the last thing here, um, he said in this dream, and this is where I woke up at, he said, he also said that when non-blacks get into the picture, they will assert every means to overcrowd the space and usurp the glory designed for the equality and well-being of black humans. Liberation. So this was really, I was like, I was like, startled. I was very startled to have a dream like this, but it was the spirit of the Lord beginning to speak to me in this dream. And he gave me, even as I was writing this down um, a month ago, the Lord just began to flood into me about this message, about the fact that we have to make sure that black humans who have been pretty much a, a, assigned an underclass position in the world, that we are liberated from the shackles of inferiority and quote unquote minority status. So if I interpret this dream, the Lord began to give me interpretation, like Johnny Revelators, like he gets the inter he gets the vision, then the angel comes and interprets it to him, and that's what I got this morning. Okay, the Lord said that the the house, the grand splendor of the house, is the personal temple. Like we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Literally, it represented to the to the the individual human that God had designed and made with splendor, with glory. There is nothing that is inferior. There is nothing that's minor or basic or boring about the temple that He has made in us to be dwelling place for him. So we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. All right. So, and then the Lord said the backyard 
being extremely large, it means that the Lord was saying that people will get a chance in many cases don't know what is behind you. They may see you, but they don't realize the significance, not just of who you are, but all the power, the glory, the splendor, the pasture, so to speak, that is behind you, okay? So in other words, understand that you are more than just who you are. There are so many things assigned to your life. There are so many things that because you take those steps as a temple of God and walk in the purpose that God's given you, there is a, 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 a wide display of things and of, of, of resources and of land and pasture. Like when they said um, to, when you look at Joshua and he said, every land you tread upon to be yours, you think about it, he had to walk first. And so in his walking, the things that were behind him became his ownership. So in our movement, in our going, in our going forth, the things that we go forth in, the paths we travel become real estate for our lives and vision. So that's very important to understand. The other thing the Lord gave me to speak to me about is that with the floor-to-ceiling glass, people will get a chance to see and not be obscured. In other words, the wealth and the resource of who you are, that great temple of God that we are, that when people get a chance to take part in who you are, that there's not going to be any hidden secrets or darkness involved with your life. They will be able to see clearly as they engage and to partake with you a clear vision of things that are related to your family, that are related to the thing, like the kitchen and the family is very significant because the family room is where people dwell and relax, where they feel at comfort, at ease, okay? And the kitchen is a place where people uh, prepare something for consummation, all right? So what happens is the things that, my God, my God, my God, you as a temple of the Lord have, people will be able to take a place of comfort. Like, you know, he who lie down in green pastures. You think about the Psalm 23 scripture. You think about the fact that when we, you know, the things that, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Tasting has a predominant aspect of dealing with the kitchen. What's in the kitchen? What are you preparing? What is being offered up for consummation? All right. There's great things that people partake of and realize that, man, this is really truthful. This is very honest. It's very transparent. So that's another thing that God gave me, all right? Now, as we go through it, the furniture, oh, with the doors being open, God spoke to me and said that when people begin to partake of you as a black human, that there will be doors that open wide for them so they are not limited, so they can go and move through the avenues of your temple to go into places where there's grandeur and there's splendor and there's ability to take another level of life and abundance. Christ said, I come to give you life, life more abundantly. So this is very powerful, okay? The Lord said to me that with the furniture being modern and spacious, said people will have space and the comfort 
to maneuver in current day affairs. Many of the affairs of our current day have a tendency to want to restrict, to limit, to box in, and to oppress black humans. Okay? Those have, who have a, in, who are deemed inferiority, inferior or minority. Okay, so that's very important for understand that that there's movement and operation and comfort to operate in this time and this age. All right. Now the Lord spoke to me. He said that the the, the design colleague that came in. It says that because of the excellence of who you are as a temple of the Lord, that it will attract and be an inspiration. To others who look like you to know that you can move to another level of accomplishment and resource, honestly, fairly, and successfully. And the Lord said to me in the dream, that another thing about it, that the unity experience was so powerful with the colleague and the other black American guests who came from all over the world because they see your excellence and your resources and your ability and your pureness of heart and the honesty of your dealings, okay, and your transparency, what happens is it has a tendency that people may want to put you into a place of worship. And God said that you will be able to satiate the dreams of others. And as you satiate or be able to satisfy people's quest to do better, to satisfy people's quest to have more resource, to satisfy people's quest to be in a better station professionally, spiritually, uh, relationally, all those different things that people may have a tendency to want to put you in an idolic state. And God says, just be careful that even as you are the temple and as you are bringing excellence and you're bringing uh, dreams to come true for people, that make sure you guard your heart so that you don't become the center of the worship. As you are being admired. Don't allow yourself to be worshipped. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the thing that was so interesting about the dream is that the, the part where the person who was, who was not Black American, um, the Lord spoke to me and said that other groups Other ethnicities will come in and slip in into a sphere of glory. And this is the word that God gave me. This sphere of glory was a reparative leveling stage for black humans. Meaning that virtually every other ethnicity in the world has resources, you know, you look at the economic disparities and you look at the African-American or the black human, they are pretty much at the bottom of the economic status chart, okay, um, wealth chart. And so what happens is when God begins to restore and to bring reparations and to bring, you know, not reparations from a government's sake, but just that God's going to start to really increase the area of humanity that has had the least, and when God starts to level the playing field with resources and abilities and, and, and opportunities and open doors, that others who are not targets 
for the reparative process and the restoration and the reparation that they would try to come in and siphon. They come in to siphon what God has designed and placed into the hands of who he's repairing in the earth. This is heavy. So again, the Lord began to speak to me and said that my father coming and looking healthy, young, and dressed in white, the, as I was saying earlier, what happened, if you look at you know, the hall of faith, you know, representing Abraham and how he had the faith to do so, how Moses had the faith to do a certain thing, how Joseph had the faith, how David had the faith. And you look at all those aspects of the hall of faith and how those were the ancestors of faith, as I would call that, that my father is actually in the hall of faith as an ancestor who used the faith to transform our family into a family of faith. Okay. And many of us have that in their family. So by them coming into the position, that was the spirit, the pureness of God endorsing the Holy Spirit endorsing like eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for those who love them. But God will send messengers to let you know what he is bestowing upon your life, whether this is of him or whether it's not. And God gave an endorsement that this restorative process and receipts that he's giving to you is something that is pure. It's something that is from heaven. It's something that is a result in a fruitfulness of faith. Not personal ambition or vainglory or anything of that nature. Okay? So, and the Lord began to admonish me when the, when the uh, Father began to admonish me to make sure that wealth is enjoyed by black people. It says that the Lord spoke to me. And it, this was really, really profound for me to hear from the Holy Spirit. It says, heaven can see what the future theft that's trying to occur in the earth. Heaven can see what people are trying to position themselves to do to steal, kill, and destroy what he is bestowing in a reparative process to black Americans. Mm -hmm. Heaven can see what that futurism is trying to occur. And the Lord speaking to my father, it says to make sure that we are not deceived by systemic spying and defrauding of reparations. One way to defraud from reparations is to declare and make a declaration that you are a minority. Because what happens when government starts to associate itself with minority, the box gets small. Because there's only a designation that, that minorities can really, quote unquote, be algorithmed to have based on what predominant culture society says you should have. Hope you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, I was started by his comment. Like, like I said, 
The Lord says, do not fear when God says to raise your level of protection of the economic equality occurring through God's reparative process. Do not fear protecting the economic equality through God's reparative process. Okay? Me being compliant into his statement, it says, do not let government and business classifications deter you or redefine you from the glory heaven has bestowed upon your life. <clears throat> do not let government or business classifications deter or redefine or redefine you beneath the glory that God is bestowing upon your life. For example, I'll tell you, in many business sectors, you have the minority business enterprises or, or whatever. And what happens is, and generally in those cases, you have to have 11% minority or 17% minority or 21% minority. Well, God says, you're not 7%. You're not 11%. You're not 17%. You're not 20%. God's give you 110% economic empowerment in what he's having you to deal with. You won't have to have a small slice of the pie. God has given you two pies. Pie plus. Let's say we're going to say the pie plus from future, for the future. All right. This is very important for us to understand. Okay. Now, when the Lord began to speak to me about what when my father said, when non-blacks get into the picture, they will assert every means to overcrowd the space. Simply, as I said earlier, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And they'll use manipulated systems of majority forces who use means developed by the kingdom of darkness. What I'm trying to say is that, in essence, for example, a lot of cases, you know, when work and government work were designed for black you know, black business people. They have minority status. What will happen is people who are non-black would sit there and have their, a way to pull what's designed for black folks into their hands by having a family member or affiliation with somebody that's in their, in their business or whatever. So in other words, what's supposed to go to you wants to go to them. So they get not only... The seven, the seventy nine percent, they'll get the hundred percent because they use systems to steal from you <laughs> in ways a lot of times that people are oblivious of. So God is here to give us liberation. See that He's here to give us liberation. Now here I want to go into some technical things. So I'm thirty minutes, just about thirty minutes in. I pray you got something out of this dream. This dream was very incredible. It's not me speaking. It's the spirit of the Lord giving me a message to the world. Okay? Now, here's this. Inferior. What is inferior? 
I love to go into definitions. You know how I am with that. All right. Those who've listened to us over the last 10 or plus years, we've been doing Life Nation. Okay. Inferior from Merriam-Webster means of little or less importance. Less in value. Subordinate. Outclassed. Oh, my Jesus. Low grade. Now, if you look at the Latin root from the 1530s, it comes from the word inferius, I-N-F-E-R-I-U-S, inferius. <clears throat> and that Latin root word means below, underneath, or underside, which lets you know is no coincidence that in shadow slavery, people who were black humans were put in the underside and below the decks because they were classed as inferior. Now, inferiority means the condition of being lower in status the condition of being lower in status or quality than another or others. The Lord began to tell me about this very much. Very much so. He said inferior, inferiority is cast upon people by those who have superiority complexes. So there are people who in the world who assume themselves to be superior than others and they take that disposition to class somebody as inferior. They call that superiority complex. They call that superiority complex. Now, if you look at this, one thing I looked at in the definitions, the medical dictionary, excuse me, the medical dictionary of health professions and nursing, uh, superiority complex was defined actually in that medical dictionary. The medical dictionary for superiority complex says a constellation of behaviors which includes aggressiveness, assertiveness, self-aggrandization, which may represent, which does represent overcompensation 
for a deep-rooted sense of inadequacy. My, 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 my God. All right? So the Lord began to speak to me even further, said that superiority complex is a term that was coined by the Austrian psychologist Alfred Alder. He's the one who coined the term superiority complex. And he was saying that the superior complex, superiority complex, people use that superiority complex, people use that superiority complex to cope with feelings of inferiority. Lucifer himself, as I jump to it, was an archangel in heaven, designed over worship, and he assumed that he was going to be superior to God, who, he, who created him. He had feelings of inferiority even while in heaven, but he was cast out. Jump ahead of myself. That's for... Uh, another section of our series. So in other words, individuals with a complex typically, typically come across as condescending. They come across as haughty and disdainful towards others. Those with a superiority complex treat others in an overbearing and an aggressive manner. Look at shadow slavery. People who claim to be Christian, claim to be of God, claim to serve Christ, were haughty, overbearing, and aggressive towards black humans, degrading them and literally making them the least possible denominator of human existence. The Lord says that that prideful dispensation, liberation, that prideful dispensation will not cease on its own sense. It will not cease on its own. It will not cease on its own. If you look at later on, we're going to talk about this maybe next week. But Isaiah 14, this is your homework. Isaiah 14, verses 3 through 14. Look at that. And you can also look at Revelation 18, verses 1 through 8. Okay, there's also something the Lord gave me in this study based on this dream. The Lord said to me, I want you to list out the history of the ethnic slurs used against those who are considered minorities, specifically black humans. 
I'm not going to give all these words out because I don't want any flagging coming on my broadcast. But there are 36 different ethnic slurs that were assigned to black humans. 36 noble ones that research. You can look on this in Wikipedia. Look at ethnic slurs by ethnicity. You can see that. The first one starts with ape. The last one down the list starts with thick lips or boot lips. There are so many terms that are that are overbearing, condescending, and disdainful that were granted to black humans by those who claim to be Christians and God-fearing. What the Lord spoke to me and continue to speak to me says that the word minority is also a part of that list. A minority is a business slur to identify you as somebody as those other 36 different terms. We look at Britannica, a minority says that it says in Britannica, a minority, a culturally, ethnically, or racially distinct group that coexists but is subordinate to a more dominant group. A culturally, ethnically, or racially distinct group that coexists but is subordinate to a more dominant group. So when you take the term minority, it is synonymous with inferiority. The chief defining characteristic of minority means you're subordinate. God has not made us to be subordinate. He's made us ahead, not the tail, above, not beneath. He's made us more than conquerors through Christ. So none of those characteristics associated with the term minority has anything to do with the image of God. Prophet, you have something to say? Go ahead, Prophet. When you, therefore, when you take on anything, any offer that says, I'm going to bring you on, but in order to give you the money, in order to give you the partnership, in order to give you the scholarship, you must take on the title of minority in order to get it. What you are doing is you are sometimes inadvertently or unknowingly 
allowing a label of inferiority to be attached to you in order to get a fraction of what is actually due to you. Right. Under repair. Exactly. So we have to understand that the devices of the enemy are very deceptive. They were, the, enemy, the adversary of our soul, the adversary of God, will use every systemic means to minimize you and belittle you so that you're not fully acknowledged as God designed and planned and established for your life. In other words, the word minority, the origin of my word minority was a 13th century word prior to chateau slavery in the 1400s. People say 1619, but it was earlier than that that this was going on. All right? Minor, early the century, meant in Latin, I think it was, it was, uh, I've said it properly, it says freer menor. Freer menor. F R E R E. The second word, M E N O U R. Fier menor. Fier menor. Okay? Forgive me, my prophet Shanti helped me with my wordsmithing. Okay. The Latin means less, smaller, junior, inferior, less important. Never associate yourself with the term minority. The, the Lord spoke to my spirit in through my father in the dream about making sure that black humans, not minorities, but black humans do get the fullness of what God's repairing towards their life. Because all throughout several hundreds of years, the glory and the splendor associated with black humanity has been stripped, stolen, and destroyed by the kingdom of darkness exercised through many European countries. Obscured and even appropriated. So when you look at the word minority, it means junior. You are not the junior in your office. You are not the junior in your, in your um, class. You are not the junior, not as far as freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. No, you are not the less one in the dealings of your life. And what happened, those with a superiority complex, they associate you only as a minority, which means they only can see you as something junior or less than. Subordinate. That's where there's such a... a spiritual undercurrent of racism and classism associated with black humans. There's all this woman and everything, but the most proportioned one is of black humanity. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Megha Evers, Frederick Douglass, you know, Harriet Tubman. Uh, we can go and listen go on of how they worked and, and, and toiled Upon with the call of God upon their life 
to dismantle this term of being a junior person or being a junior citizen. You're not three-fifths of a person. You're not less than anyone else in society. So when God brings and equals out the scales and liberates you from the mental shackles of inferiority and minority status, we have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be classified as such. In the 1530s, that term minority or minor was a state or condition of being smaller. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Father dwelling in us is greater than him in the world, so that means that you cannot possibly exist in a state of being smaller or less than, or even as the French say, obsolete. <sighs> Let me give you more example, more technical example of what we're dealing with. And oh, I pray you are grasping what God has given us today, okay? Minority group is another expression that you see quite a bit, minority group. Minority group in terms of sociology and economics and politics typically was the smallest fraction of the population. But when you look at sociology, economics, and politics, it has nothing to do with the smallest fraction of the population to be defined minority. Here's the kicker. In the academic context, minority or minority group is appropriately appropriated in terms of hierarchical power structure. Let me explain this to you a little better. In South Africa, during the period of of open apartheid, Caucasian Europeans held all social, all economic, and all political power over black Africans. So the black Africans were the minority group despite the fact that they outnumbered the Caucasian Europeans. So minority is a basis of making you second class. So when you're labeled second class, then you're more prone to disadvantage by the dominant group. There was a Jum, a Jum, a Jum, a, excuse me, a German, a Caucasian German Jew. <laughs> if I'll say it correctly. His name was Lewis Wirth, W-I-R-T-H. He's a sociologist, and he defined a minority group as a group of people because of their physical 
characteristics are singled out from others in society in which they live with unequal treatment and therefore become objects of discrimination. So when you classify yourself as a minority and you accept the brand of minority in your life, you're actually accepting the ability to be, be labeled as junior and to be the subject of discrimination. The Lord says to me that the minority label is a business class negative term formed from the ruling Eurocentric majority. It's a 20th century, 21st century version of a slur, racial slur. This term was established in the Paris Peace Accord. So what happens is the Lord spoke to me and said that people will use kumbaya sessions or censored to, to gather world peace only if you adopt the less than terminology to your existence. God says, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Prince of Peace. And walking in the peace that he has ordained for our life does not require you to be less than anybody else. So don't allow peace accords and unity-driven initiatives to make you subjugate yourself through a terminology that is a racial slur. It's a false peace. It's a false, false peace, as Prophet Shantae has said. Come here, Prophet. You want, I know she wants to dab into this again. Praise the Lord. When you accept this status, you are aligning yourself to a false peace because in order for quote-unquote peace to occur under this status, you must be less than. You must be accepting of a permanent... <sighs> Underclass. Underclass status in order for, quote unquote, this peace to be sustained. And we know yeah. that this is a peace that's not going to be sustained as God begins to level the playing field. Exactly. God is, break, God is liberating us from the branding of being less than as a minority. God is breaking this victim-based assessment from us being despised and rejected. In that dream, you will see there was respect, there was honor, there was wealth, there was resource, there was open doors, there was comfort, and there was supply. These things will not happen through manufactured false peace. Only through the liberative and repertory powers of God. The Lord said to me, and I'll try to get out because we're getting close to my hour. He said, being despised and rejected by those with a superiority complex or a dominant culture 
does not make you fruitless. So if you're being despised or rejected because someone doesn't understand that you're not a minority and they make you a target of discrimination or, or, or harsh dealings, that does not make you fruitless. But it marks you as a target of God's blessing from heaven. If we look at the year, the turnkey that we spoke at the beginning of the year for uh, the prophetic word, it said the year God, this is the year to be built, to be supplied, the year that the destroyed things will be cleared and permanency will return. While the world is in short supply, you will be supplied. Your supply of talent we built up. Heirs you have mastered and demand in will be supplied. You'll be in demand. You'll be in demand. God says to me, it says that God will take those who are rejected and despised as minorities into his bosom. The despised and the rejected are the dominant and glorious citizens heaven embraces. And you threaten the kingdom of darkness and their agents. The kingdom of darkness, its rulers, the spiritually wicked and leadership places are in covenant with Lucifer who God has rejected. God says, the original human image of God, Adam, and the new image of God, Yeshua, are African identities, are black identities, and they are the envy of the kingdom of darkness. God's birthplace of the earth, where he formed man, where he formed Adam, was in Ethiopia, northern Africa. That whole territory of the world, African life, informed the entire planet. Skill, trade, faith, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Christ, all have informed the world and are originated from African and black lives. All right? The Lord says, Rejection by a dominant or ruling class could be a real form of protection from covenating with people who are rulers of darkness, who are in covenant with rulers of darkness. The Lord says, and I'll, <laughs> I'll pause with this portion here. The Lord says, and I'll close on this, that God says they despised you so I can author your rise. They despise you, but I'm authoring your rise. So with this dream, God says, he's liberating us from the shackles of inferiority and minority status. God is restoring our soul. He's restoring our resources. He's leveling the playing fields. He's giving you faith and finances and resources and family so that you can maneuver with the glory of the Lord as you are here on earth.
God bless you. I pray you got something out of this. This was the end of part one. I have so much more. It's, oh, we're going to be in this all month. Praise God for you. So, Prophet, you want to come and close us in prayer? Praise God. Praise the Lord. We thank God for the word on today. Um, this was a serious word. So I hope that you will come back and watch it, pray over it, ask God to show you what your role is, and stay in touch and in tune with what God is saying to you in this hour. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace and your love. Thank you, Father, for being with your people, all of us who are children of God. Somebody may be saying today, Father, well, I am not a black person. I'm not a melanated person that's listening to this, or maybe I'm less melanated. What is my role? What is my responsibility with the word that I've heard? Your responsibility with this word that you've heard is to be on God's side. <laughs> Your responsibility with the word that you're hearing today is to be on the side of liberation and not on the side of oppression. Hallelujah, yes. So when we go into our hearts and we search our hearts and we say, at the top of this year, what are the ways that I am contributing to systems of oppression? What are the ways, just like black people, have to search ourselves and say, what are the ways that I am accepting systems of oppression. You got to say, what are ways that I am contributing to oppression? What are ways that I am silent when I see systems of oppression in operation? What is it that I may be connected to that is giving a direct benefit to systems of oppression? This was a call, a clarion call to black people but it's also a clarion call to all people that no matter where you sit in the equation to make sure that we, that you are on the side of liberation. Now we know that everybody is not going to um, want their own liberation. But the question is, what will you do with the word that you've heard on today? How will you respond differently? As uh, I typed into the comments today, it's time for us to unlearn some things. This may be a word that has been attached to you. It might even be attached to your business. It might be attached to how you classify yourself, but it's time to unlearn it, right? And you've got to unlearn it, not just for you, but you've also got to learn it, unlearn it for your children and unlearn it for your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And you've got to teach and say, here's what I know now. And this is what we've got to do differently. So we are responsible in that way for the word that we've heard. So Father, help us to take this word, to digest it, to do the extended um, reading that was assigned in the message on today. You can go down into the comments and see that extended readings that were assigned. But help us, God, to, to hear the word, 
apply the word and do the word in our lives. This is what we are asking 